Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Horton with City Moms Blog Network. And our hope is that the next 40 minutes or so bring a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Moms Blog Network. Happy Valentine's Day, friends. We sure do hope you're feeling seen and loved today. Yes, this podcast is going live on the day of love. So we are talking all about marriage and relationships. We've really got some great advice to doll out and some tips that we've pulled from our sister sites across the country and some personal stories too. We sure do. And we are going to start. Steph and I are both married, so we thought we'd kick off this podcast with a quick recap of our own love stories. Steph, why don't you start? Tell us a love story about you and Alan. Yes. So Alan and I are college sweethearts. Uh, We met our freshman year of college at Iowa State. Go Cyclones, for those (laughs) of you listening that are Cyclone fans. Um, And it... (laughs) It's a little embarrassing, but the first time that I met him was at a Burger King. So romantic. (laughs) That wasn't our first date. So don't. You're like, I'd like your Whopper. (laughs) I'd like your Whopper. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, no, we um, had, we were in a couple different um, Bible studies. He was in a guy's one. I was in a girl's one. And our leaders thought it would be great to get these freshman guys group and girls group together at Burger King, naturally the place that you always just gather people together, right? Uh, And so that's the first time I remember meeting him, but uh, we started dating in the spring of our freshman year, so later in the year. And here's a little factoid about our love story is that before we started dating officially, uh, we started emailing back and forth to one another. And this is going to, this is very embarrassing. Another embarrassing um, thing I'm going to share with the world. Um, We both are country music fans. We love country music, especially in the summer. And we would like quote this was before, like, we were Google savvy. Let's just say that. Okay. I'm older. <laughs> but um, we would quote la- lyrics from a country song, and the other person would have to guess who what the song was and who the artist was. That's, like, how we flirted online, I guess, back it's and like forth. like Shazam flirting. Yeah, I guess so, about country music. And then we would play racquetball at the rec because, you know— So awesome. Uh, But yeah, so we started dating our uh, spring year um, of our freshman years um, in college. And then we were married pretty much two weeks after we graduated from college. When did he propose? At what point? He proposed the fall in the fall of our senior year. Um, And interestingly enough, he proposed actually at a park in the Minneapolis area that is just down the street from where we live now. Oh, we goodness. had no idea that that's what it was, what was going to happen, but that's how it all came to be. So we have been married now for four, going on 14 years, 13, but wow. 14 this summer. Uh, so that's a very short version of our love story. But um, how about your story with Jason? I love that. Ours um, is different. How's that? All of our love stories are different. We met later in life. I um, was working in Portland, Maine, 
I was a reporter at the ABC station there, WMTW. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I was doing a story about taxes. It was very exciting. Sexy too. Yeah, very sexy. And I uh, needed a source uh, on the economy. And so I called up this economic policy think tank and Jason happened to be the media contact. So I went to interview the person that he had set me up with and I got there and I was like, he's cute. Like, you know, there's nobody like that works in economic policy. That's cute. Right. (laughs) And so I was flirting with him. I was new to town. I didn't know anybody. I told him that I asked him what gym we worked out at. I I was embarrassing to be honest. And when we left my photographer that I work with was like, Michelle, that was embarrassing. I'm like, what? I don't have anything to lose. I'm single. (laughs) I'm looking. And, uh, and nothing happened. (laughs) Jason was very professional. Um, but one thing led to another. And finally, um, between coworkers, I was able to drop the hint to him that I would like to take things beyond professional. (laughs) And so he texted me or he emailed me just like you and Alan, but uh, he emailed me and he said, he asked how my story on tax policy was going. And he said, he asked if I needed further clarification on the tax policy. And if I did, maybe we should go out for a cocktail, not just dinner. And I was like, (laughs) yes, please. Like, yes, let's go out for a cocktail (laughs) tonight. (laughs) Right now. Now meet me downstairs. (laughs) And it was one of those, it was July 5th, 2006. We had our first date. Um, he met me after I got off, I was working for the 11 o'clock news. He met me when I finished, wrapped up my story. So he met me at like 1108. (laughs) At night? Yes, at night. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can't believe anyone goes out that late. (laughs) I know. And and come to find out he is not a night owl. So he was definitely trying to impress me. Dedicated. We went went out for a drink and I played reporter. I sat across from him. I paid for my own beverage. I asked him a million questions. And uh, anyway, so um, but then we started dating and kind of never looked back. It was um, just under a year later, um, right along the rocky coast of Maine, right um, in Kennebunkport, right where the Bush family has a compound right along the coast there. He proposed to me. It was so pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got married about seven months later. So about 18 months after we started dating, we got married here in Arizona. And that's uh, when we moved here right after we got married. So, And I've got to ask, how old were you when you got married? I was... 30, two weeks before my 31st birthday and he was 28. So, and so you were just a little bit under 30 when you met him. Yeah. I think I was 28 when we first met. So I was like, I had dated, I knew what I want. I knew, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I didn't want. I was like, and I honed in on him and I was like, this is what I want. I have looked high and low and this is it. And I am ready. I I love it. That does not surprise me at all. Well, that is so fascinating because Alan and I met when we were both 18. Oh my goodness. 10 years difference. That's crazy. And let's be honest, 10 years between 18 to 28 is a significantly, like you mature a lot in that time frame. So anyway, it's interesting that our love stories started at such different times in our lives. Well, I'm glad that you met Alan at 18 because the guy I was dating when I was 18 is not the person I would (laughs) <laughs> but if I Alan, met Jason, of course, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Alan is an awesome catch at yeah. 18. <laughs> he is an awesome catch. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, we are both married, but, you know, Steph, neither one of us even claim to be experts on marriage. So far from experts. <laughs> so far from experts. But we do do a few things right, I'd like to say. I mean, you're 14 years in and still going strong. We are 11 years in and still going strong. Yes. Um, so we do have a few things that we'll share. And I'll, I'll go first. Um, okay. 
one thing um, that worked for us that we, we don't do as much anymore, but um, this worked, this an encouragement for kind of um, moms that are in um, the younger baby stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we uh, first got, first had a baby um, and I was working full time, I would come home on, on the weekends and Saturday mornings, Jason always went on a long bike ride. That's his thing. Cycling is his thing. So he'd be gone for four or five hours on these long bike rides. And I would just, didn't even notice he was gone because I was just staring at my baby because I had been working all week and this was my bonding time. Well, when my baby was about 10 months old, I was suddenly a stay-at-home mom. I lost my job. And so then I was home all day (laughs) and Saturday morning suddenly didn't become stare at your baby time. It became mama needs to get out of here time. Yeah. And so when Jason, who had been working all week, still wanted to go on his bike rides, on Saturdays, it became a point of contention in our marriage very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was just upset that he would be willing to be away from his child and his wife for six days out of the week. What? Whereas, and he was confused because it had not been an issue until suddenly it was an issue. Right. And so I just realized very quickly that it really wasn't about him. It was about me. I needed that break and I needed some me time. So I um, contacted a family in our church who we were friends with and they had a teenage daughter who was starting to babysit. And I just hired her to come to our house every Saturday from eight until at least noon, sometimes till two. And she would play with our son. And I went to the gym or shopping or just sat at Starbucks and Jason could go on his bike ride in peace. And was just time that I knew I had to myself. And it still allowed my husband to have his fun and healthy habit. But it was a marriage saver for us during that season. And then I continued it after our second baby came. I continued and that babysitter actually is still a big part of our life. She's in college now, but she worked with us. She worked every Saturday for us for a long time. And it just, it just kept that kind of a sacred time that I could have some me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason could have his, his healthy habit, his little hobby time as well. And um, that was lifesaver during the baby years. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, I, um, first of all, I have to comment on the fact that your marriage tip is like spending time <laughs> apart, <laughs> apart, apart, spend time apart. <laughs> let's just call a spade yes, a spade. <laughs> but I do feel like when your kids are little, like having some me time and some sanity time, both parties involved in a relationship is really necessary and For important. Sure. So I absolutely think your tip is wonderful. And a spin on that, um, I wouldn't say that it's like my best marriage tip, but because you were speaking to that time alone, we did something similar where I would do Saturday mommy planning mornings every Saturday morning for the first like five years of motherhood. Uh, Alan would stay home with the girls, so we weren't paying for a sitter, nor were we even in a position where we could afford that. Um, But I would leave before everybody woke up and I would go to a coffee shop and I would plan out our week. So I'd plan out our meals. I'd plan out our just like activities. I would get caught up on my emails. I would just spend two to three hours. Sometimes I would just read too, uh, really prepping kind of our lives for the following week so that when I got home at, you know, nine to 10 a.m. So it's not like I even missed out on much at all. 
I was prepared. And that was a total help for me and our marriage for sure. Uh, and so I, I, I am all for spending some Saturdays. <laughs> Saturday mornings, man. It, and I have time. since... I mean, I would say that our seasons of life have changed now where um, I don't do that any longer, but it was hugely helpful um, for us. And so um, when it comes to kind of some practical things that Alan and I have done over the years, and it has fluctuated just depending on our financial situation, um, our childcare availability, our energy level. I mean, there's so many different things, right, related mm-hmm. to seasons, but um, we, we, I'd love to be able to come on and say, we do date nights every week. (laughs) But that just does not happen. Um, But I'd say that date nights for us have been prioritized and they've looked different through different seasons. So one thing that we've done in the past that's a great thing is we swap um, childcare with another couple. Mm -hmm. Um, We did that in Arizona with with just a friend's couple. I would go over to their house so they could get out. Um, And then the following week, she would come over to our house after our kids went to bed. So we would go out. And that was free, right, for us Mm -hmm. to be able to get out and swap that. And now that we're closer to family, we swap with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And that has been a huge lifesaver for the date nights um, and making it more affordable and easy for us. But uh, one other thing that I started just this year, and it's not a novel idea, so please don't think that I'm coming up with the greatest idea on the face of the planet, uh, but we just do standing Monday night date nights in, which means that we throw out every, like, I don't work on, the, I don't work at all. We don't watch shows together. We play a game. We do something that, like, feels so unproductive to my super productive heart. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't caught on yet, I'm a huge producer. I love productivity, so I want to get stuff done. Uh, but we've made that a priority. Like, that's standing on my schedule. Like, every Monday night, we I'm home. I make no other plans. Alan doesn't make any other plans. And we plan on Alan and I doing something together. So, anyway, there's a little bit of info. Yeah, you know, I like that being attuned to the seasons and changing. We, we just celebrated our 11th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And ni- we looked at each other and... Neither one of us felt like going out that night. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I told Jason to cancel the reservation. I felt like cooking. So we, I, we cooked a really fun meal together in the kitchen. We cracked open a bottle of wine we'd been saving from a trip we made. And the kids, uh, we have family in town. And so my parents kept the kids overnight. And we just had some wine and watched a movie and, and ate, you know, kind of ate this homemade meal. And it was lovely actually. Yeah. And, and, and way better than any kind of gourmet meal we would have had out to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I think just kind of being okay with what stage of life you're at and, and, and just enjoying the moment is such a great, great thing to be in, to be in that in tune with your partner that you can be honest with them. Cause I know I've been at points and I know other moms can relate where you don't want to upset your partner and he made a reservation and he must want to go here. So I'm just going to go along, even though I'd really rather stay home. <laughs> right. right. Um, but just to be able to be open and honest and say, I really, thanks for making the reservation, sweetie, but I'd really rather just stay home. Um, I, was, I actually, I actually did that for Valentine's Day last year. I remember it was just, I wasn't feeling the best and it was a really bu- busy season. <laughs> the day rolled around and he was like, so I made reservations here. And I was like, you know. I think I'm okay just cooking at home. 
<laughs> tonight. <laughs> and to Alan, he was like, what? <laughs> huh? Huh? Um, but yeah, like just being flexible and like always, uh, you know, not looking at other people's marriages or seasons or situations and feeling like that's ha- how you have to do it right, or right. else you're fail- failing or it's not working. Right. Well, um, looking bigger picture too, um, Jason and I, when we can, does, doesn't happen every year. I want to say it's happened um, maybe three times since we've had kids seven years ago is to go on a trip, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we try to set aside a day or a half a day for a, a marriage staff meeting. And what we I do, love that you do this. Yeah. And what, what we do during that is that we look at, uh, and this is a, this is a no argument zone. <laughs> yeah. We have to come to this um, with no emotions, just facts, look at things black and white and make decisions on finances, on decisions about the house, about the kid's school, about, you know, relationships um, with whoever and we just, you know, and set goals for ourselves, for our careers, for um, retirement or whatever it may be. Um, and, and during the time leading up to the trip and while we're on, we usually plan this towards the end of our vacation, because during the vacation, we'll kind of things will bubble up that we'll want to talk about that aren't fun. Cause that marriage staff meeting isn't necessarily fun. It's business, right? Mm-hmm. It's the business of marriage, the, the business side of marriage. And, um, so we'll, we'll say like, well, we have, we'll be doing something fun and something will come up and we'll say, eh, table it. We'll talk about that on staff meeting day. And so like That's all those things idea. that kind of come together. So we we say most of the vacation just to have fun together. And then on the staff meeting, we kind of get it all out. And then we walk out of that vacation, really having a good idea what the next five to 10 years looks like. We're on the same page. We've worked things out. We know maybe what we don't agree on that we need to think on a little bit more. And it's just been so beneficial for us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and highly, highly recommend it for other couples as well. And, and on a, on a smaller scale, we do try to do that once a month is have a marriage staff meeting, although we haven't been the best about doing it. Yeah. (laughs) But ideally once a month having a staff meeting is a good idea. Well, we, I, I'd love to say that I do these extravagant getaways with my husband and do staff husbands rather husband one. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) Um, and do a staff meeting like Michelle and Jason. But that just doesn't happen. However, I mean, I hate to rub it in people's faces. When this episode airs, a few days after, Alan and I are going to Mexico. Just the two of us. No staff meeting. There's no not going to be any staff meeting. It's just going to be sun, drinks, and wonderful time together. Just the two of you? We're actually going with a couple other couples as well, but no no children. No kids. Yeah. And no snow. No snow. No polar vortex. No polar vortex. But no staff meeting. No No, house marriage staff meeting. It's fine. I love that idea. But yeah. You know, you need that time. You need that time just to have fun. Yes. That is one thing that I found is anytime that we do commit to extended periods periods of time of like fun and just kind of throwing out like the pressures of the world, uh, it helps our marriage so much. I cannot vouch for it enough. It's amazing. 
I agree. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, the, there's two of us saying it. We, and we can, we have things that work for our marriage and things that don't work for our marriage that are true for us that may not be true for you. There's so many different things that work for marriages and don't work for marriages. And um, Daniela Murphy, who's our podcast director, she went through all of our City Moms blog sites. There are 92 friends and found some great posts about marriage and relationships for us to share with you today. And I particularly loved this one from Michelle Sanford, who's the co-founder of Fairfield County Moms Blog in Connecticut. She was writing her matron of honor speech for her best friend's wedding and decided to get advice from her married friends. And the great news for all of us is that she blogged about all of the advice that she collected. And we'll make sure to link to that post in our show show notes. But Michelle and I wanted to highlight a few of our favorite tips uh, from that post. Uh, The first... Uh, it comes from um, a gal that's been married 14 years, and she said that you have to come to a realization that you will not change your spouse. You have to accept their quirks and differences because that is one of the many reasons you fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this one from a gal married 12 years. When arguing, stay in Cleveland, <laughs> meaning stick to what you're actually arguing about and don't go off on a tangent and bring up other things. Yeah. Is I'm so bad at that. <laughs> uh, okay, and another one uh, from a gal that's been married eight years uh, says, enjoy your kids together, play as a family, and make time to be away all together doing something fun. So fun to watch your kids interact with your spouse as you make memories together. Mm, so true. That's so true. Yes, totally. Um, okay, and here's one more from a gal who's married 10 years play together and not just in that way, wink, wink. My <laughs> hubby and I enjoy playing tennis together, rum cube. Oh, that's our favorite too. Yahtzee and even getting away for a night of blackjack. Oh, these Ooh. are some great tips. And you know what, Steph, this reminds me of a tip that our friend Christy, um, the UK, she's with Military Moms Blog. She sent in to us, she called this in and left it on a voicemail. She said that she brought back date night with her husband by joining a tennis league together. So they get to go do a workout together and it's their date night, which I think is a great idea. Oh, totally. It is amazing how just doing something fun, uh, I think especially outside of the home, really helps a marriage grow. At least Mm -hmm. I found that to be the case for me. And tennis is one of the things that Alan and I love to play together too. How about you and Jason? Yeah, any kind of physical activity. I just love being together, working out together. Um, hiking is a big thing that we love to do. Yeah. Um, cycling. Um, Jason loves to golf. I'm not that great of a golfer, but I'll go with him and it's fun. Um, but yeah, just, just getting out and sweating together is, I, I just really enjoy that. Yeah. I think doing activities is really helpful. And, uh, you know, this is kind of along those lines, but one thing that I have found to really help um, for Alan and I's marriage is, you know, the traditional getting out and doing a date night with your um, partner generally happens in the evening time just because that seems to work the best. But uh, truthfully, I am not my best self in the evening. Uh, <laughs> and so I don't feel like I'm putting my best foot forward in any sort of conversation or anything um, in the evening time. And so anytime that I have moved kind of our time together to during the day, so a brunch date or a lunch date uh, on the weekends, that has always been so much better mm-hmm. for us. Uh, And 
And so I don't mention that because I think everyone needs to do that. But I do think that like really evaluating, are you bringing your best self to the table uh, when you are prioritizing um, spending individual time with them uh, is has been helpful for us. Oh, day dates are the best. I love day dates. I know day dates are the best. Yeah. Well, we also heard a good piece of advice from our friend Jenny Lynn from Birmingham Moms Blog, and she's also on our national City Moms Blog Network team. And she says that they keep their bedroom free from anything heavy. So that means no finance talk, no arguing. None of that is allowed in the bedroom. Yeah. She was saying how once they made that switch, she and her husband decided to do that. It just means like, it's such a safe space for them now. So they can just kind of breathe easy and relax because mm-hmm. they did both have agreed that that's not, that's not what happens in their bedroom. And I just, I just love having kind of a, <laughs> like you both agree on a safe zone. Yeah. <laughs> like my yeah. kids in their classroom, they have like a safe space. <laughs> oh, especially like at the beginning of the year when they're missing their family, I guess they can go back in their safe space. Like, oh, cute. <laughs> you know, right? It's like in your home, having a safe space where you and your husband could just go and know that. You know, I'm not going to give you the cold shoulder. I'm not going to um, bring up the fact that you forgot to do this or that or whatever. It's just, right. just, we could just be, you know, the best friends that we are. Yeah. No, I love that suggestion too. Hey guys, quick interruption to let you know some exciting news. City Moms Blog Network is proud to announce the addition of Auburn Opelika Moms Blog in Alabama. This is the second City Moms Blog Network site in the heart of Dixie, joining Birmingham Moms Blog. Auburn Opelika Moms Blog founder and owner Catherine McGraw joined hundreds of like-minded entrepreneurial mothers running more than 90 successful City Moms Blog Network sites across the globe. We have so much to offer families in our area, and I've found that many moms are looking for a village of support. Moms are looking for a place where they can find events, recommendations, and anything else they are seeking to make their lives easier. The Auburn Opelika Moms Blog will provide that and much more. City Moms Blog Network attracts millions of readers each month to our hyper-local sites. At each site, local moms like Catherine sit at the help and recruit more local moms to contribute content and offer expertise in all topics associated with motherhood. All City Moms Blog Network site owners are connected to a network of like-minded entrepreneurs writing sites across the world. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, Michelle, I have a question for you. All right. Does Jason still give you butterflies? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> if anyone out there is like, yes, all the time, you're a liar, liar, Lying on fire. liar. I really, it really bugs me when like people post on Instagram picture of their husband. They're like, he still gives me butterflies. But no, he doesn't. Not every day of every moment <laughs> of every day that he does not. Because, you know, when you've lived with someone day in and day out for that long, the butterflies are not still there. And that's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Well, life is hard and marriage is hard Mm -hmm. and seasons are hard. And so uh, we are certainly not here to put down anyone that feels butterflies for their significant other. (laughs) But saying all of the time might just be a stretch, right? (laughs) To each his own. To each his own own butterflies. (laughs) 
well, we have another sister site post that we wanted to uh, share a little bit uh, from, and it's from our Austin Moms blog site owner, uh, Allison Mack. And she's actually been a guest on the podcast mm-hmm. before, but she wrote a great po- uh, post on this topic of butterflies. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure to link to the whole thing in the show notes, but here's a little snippet. Allison says, do you believe in butterflies? There was a day, immature at best, where I thought butterflies were oh so important. I thrived on butterflies. If a person or interest didn't give me butterflies, frankly, they weren't worth the effort. Then I met my husband. I write a lot about being in love and being a good wife. And it's not because I think marriage is all rainbows and butterflies. Trust me, I know it's not. I will be the first person to tell you that my marriage is flawed, hard, and a lot of work. I'm completely open and honest about all of the trials and tribulations we went through to be in our current state of content. I would take content over having butterflies any day. To love and to be content is truly something special. And to me, that's what separates having butterflies with being content. My husband doesn't give me butterflies anymore at all. And honestly, I am so at peace with it. I still feel special, loved, understood, and respected. Just because you no longer have butterflies in your marriage does not mean that you are no longer excited, passionate, or in love. The two just do not go hand in hand. Standing slow clap. Standing slow clap. I love it. Yeah. So, beautifully such good. said. Yeah, beautifully said. And uh, it is interesting as time goes on. And I would say, you know, while I have been married... Uh, 13 years, I still have, we still have a lot of years before us Mm -hmm. um, and growth, but I will say that with the tenure kind of under our belts per se, I have learned that finding contentment in who we are, what our marriage looks like in that season, who our family is, has been by far kind of the secret sauce to success Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to realize that love is a choice. And, you know, in the beginning, if there's a lot of emotions and you're flying high on those butterflies or, or what, but that passes and you do just have to, you have to realize that, you know, you're choosing to love this person. And, um, and some days it's harder than others, to be honest. And I know my husband would say the same thing if he was here, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, but there's that, that contentment and just being known and, uh, and being known and someone still loves you, even though they know you. <laughs> Right. It's like the greatest gift. Right. Is right. Gosh, I love it. Um, okay. Well, we do actually step, you know, we have, we have a lot of moms in our network too, um, whose first marriage didn't go work out so well. And Bridget, who's a contributor for Alamo city moms blog in Texas, wrote a great post called, uh, the do's and don'ts of marriage in a blended family. So for those who have second marriages, so we'll also post this in the show notes, but I do want to mention a few points that stuck out to me from this one. Okay. So do prioritize your marriage like everyone else's, just because this isn't your first rodeo with marriage or your spouses, and there are stepchildren in the mix, does not mean your marriage gets pushed towards the bottom of the totem pole. Do set boundaries early and often. This applies to your spouse, all children, bio and step, ex-spouses and in-laws. Do seek professional guidance. That's true for all marriages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't be a doormat. Similar to setting your boundaries, step-parents are often hesitant to speak up about discipline, behavior, or other key issues going on with their stepchildren. However, if you say nothing when the wheels are coming off, 
unhealthy resentment will build. You're able to get on the same page as your spouse regarding discipline and behavior even better. Don't put your spouse in the position of choosing sides. Never argue with your spouse in front of the kids about a discussion they're having or a decision that is being made. Employ a code word or have a prior agreement that we will talk about it later, then have a separate private discussion. Putting your spouse in the middle of you and his children where he feels like he must choose is terrible for both him and the kids. Hmm. So those are just a few of her really great, really great tips. And, on, you know, I've never been in that situation, but um, it just seems like it's, uh, it's pretty good advice because that, be, that would be a really tough situation to be in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I think those are wonderful tips. And like Michelle mentioned, we will be linking to all of these sister site posts for you to check out um, at the end of this episode and dig in a little bit further. But um, one kind of thought came to mind um, and I thought it might be helpful um, to picture kind of this idea in your mind. And Michelle, I think both of us were at MOPS when this analogy was given. Uh, but she, this gal speaker had talked about, um, she was up on stage and she had the, um, you know, the wife and the husband um, together, like happily married, standing there like, yay, you know, we just got married. We've got butterflies all the time. Uh, I'm so happy. Uh, and then she said, and then their first child was born. And what she did on stage was all of a sudden, the husband and wife took a couple steps away from each other to allow for the child to come between them. And then she said, and then another child came and they stepped another step further out towards each other to let that other child come in and then another child. Right. <laughs> um, and you get the idea that all of a sudden what happens is those children create a divide between mm -hmm. the spouses uh, that was, wasn't intentional because mm -hmm. uh, kids, de they demand so much of our attention and our energy, but rather than allowing that to happen. And then as we all know, like, a time will come when our children are not going to be under our care and we'll find ourselves looking at our, each other from opposite sides of the stage. Yeah. Rather than allowing that, you know, we bring these children into the fold alongside of us rather than separating us. And so um, I, I think that like taking some of these small tangible tips uh, for marriage that people have shared and others have likely shared with you over the years and putting them into place is just, you know, a great consideration as um, we move forward in wanting successful marriages. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, your kids aren't going to be around forever, but your husband is. Yeah, he really Hopefully. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that about wraps up our thoughts on relationships with your hubby. And we're not done talking about relationships. We're never done talking about relationships. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Next time, we're actually diving into one of my new favorite topics, which is the Enneagram. Have you studied the Enneagram at all? Only because you won't stop talking about it, stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have. And I do know that I am an eight wing seven. And my husband recently found out that he is a nine. Ooh. So this is his new favorite joke now. So the eight means I'm a challenger. And the nine means he's a peacemaker, which his joke now is, of course, I'm a peacemaker. I'm married to a challenger. Ha <laughs> ha. So I guess we're a good match. Well, in our next episode, our guests will give you all sorts of great info on your number. And don't worry if you've never heard of the Enneagram and never taken a test or just this is the first time you're ever hearing about it, then um, we're going to go through each number in that episode. It's going to be a great resource for you. And if you're familiar with the Enneagram, we dig 
deeper into each of the numbers. And I think you'll find those to be really helpful as well. And you'll get to know a little bit about your spouse if you want. So you're not going to want to miss it. And until then, friends, don't forget to celebrate with your loved one uh, this Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And don't forget to just add sprinkles. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit citymomsblognetwork.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our hosts. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.